saw that, Tracy McCowan shared that video with me this week on Facebook, and I couldn't help but to share it with you guys, okay? So you guys now are in on it. If you guys want to see it again, I'll post it on the Facebook page so you can go ahead and show it to your friends. So but if you're new here this morning, I just want to welcome you to Avalon Church. Uh, this is the best church family in all of East Orlando. I say that because this is my family. I love them. I hope you get to know the person next to you and not just, you know, not just the handshake, but get to know them. Uh, my name is Arthur. I'm the youth and worship pastor here. Uh, I have the privilege to work with such awesome some people, our staff, our pastors, senior pastors, Pastor Dale Brooks, he's not here uh, this morning, um, but he definitely wanted to make sure that the message would get across this morning that we need a place to start in our faith. And so as we conclude this series this morning, uh, really we want to conclude everything that pastors uh, shared with us in the last few weeks. We want to share his heart, but we also want to conclude what it looks like, what it means to, to have a starting place in our faith. So really his heart for this series has been for us to understand uh, the important truths uh, from the Christian faith. And really, it's, it's a foundation that he wanted to set. We need a foundation. It's essential to our walk of faith. And so, uh, really, he, he kind of said something to me this past week, and he said, if we don't know what we believe, then how can we walk out our faith, right? And so that's what we want to get to the bottom of uh, by the time that we're done here. We want to get to the bottom of that. So I'm going to recap really quickly everything we've learned. So if you haven't been here, it's all good. I'll go ahead and catch you up. So the first week, Pastor Dale shared with us uh, the importance of not only knowing, but truly believing these foundational truths of the Christian faith, such as that we've been justified, that God has declared us justified just as if we've never sinned, that we've been saved by grace, nothing that we, we can't attain God's grace, we can't attain salvation, that God lavished his grace on us and that he has made us right before God through Jesus. These are all important truths to what we believe. If we don't understand that, if that's not our starting place, then we'll be confused and we'll get really wary in our Christian walk as we move forward in our life. And so that's the first week. Second week, pastor shared with us that if you want to reign in life, and he used this out of a scripture that Paul wrote, says, if you want to reign in life, then you, you have to pursue God. You have to love God. You have to love Jesus. To, to really reign in life, you have to be in love with him. You have to have this relationship with Jesus. And out of that, and out of that, that's, that's when we serve, and that's when we give. It's not out of obligation, but we do it because we love Jesus. And so that was the second week. And last week, Pastor just clearly said that we have an identity crisis, that, and I believe this is true, this is sweeping across America, all churches in America, that we have an identity crisis, and most of this has to do with the fact and understanding that we are adopted sons and daughters of God, and some of these foundational truths that he has taught us in the last few weeks, and so this is important today, this identity crisis, this understanding that we're adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God, we got to get this. To move out on our Christian faith, to live this thing out, we need to concrete our identity. And so that's exactly what we're going to touch on uh, this morning. And also, a pastor is going to share with you in the next few weeks. We're going to kind of go back to that. So I hope you guys come back in the next few weeks. Um, and so uh, this morning, uh, since we're touching on adoption, uh, I, I just there's so many similarities between uh, what God did for us through his adoption for us and also uh, physical Christian adoptions today. So really quick, before we even get started... Because I believe Christian adoption is just the, the most beautiful picture of God's adoption for us. And you guys just paint such a beautiful, if anyone in here has adopted or you've been adopted or you're part of a blended family, if that's you, could you stand up for us? We just want to celebrate you. We want to honor you. So if, if you've adopted or if, if, you have, if you're part of an adoption family, oh, I got Ross in the back there. Or you're, if you're part of a blended family, go ahead and stand up. Let us honor you. Come on. Let us honor you. Don't be afraid. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for standing up. I know it's kind of scary to stand up in front of everybody, but I thank you for that. Thank you guys so much. You guys just paint the, just the most beautiful picture to the world of what God did for us, and, and really, it, it's, it's what God has called us to do. God has called us to take care of the widows and the orphans, and, and, and if you can't adopt, to support adoption, and so if, if, if you're riding on that fence this morning, I want to challenge you that this is what God has called us to do. It's, it's just such a beautiful picture of what God did for us. So to, uh, this morning, there are three main points that we're going to really address. Um, that we want to cover this adoption concept. The, the name of this message is Plan A. It's, it's God's plan, your future. And hopefully by the end uh, of, of our time this morning, our study time, you'll be able to understand what God's plan was and what it means to be a child of God, that you're Plan A. And so here's the three points that we're going to address. We are and always have been Plan A. Second, we're going to address that we are no longer slaves to fear. And last but not least, what are the marks of an adopted child? So by the time we're done, we're going to address these. And these are core beliefs. These are core truths. We need to be concrete in these truths because this is our identity, to be called children of God, to understand we're plan A, to no longer be slaves to fear. What does it look like to be an adopted child of God? This is concrete to our identity, so we need to get this. But before we go, I'm going to pray. But if you have a, your Bible app or you have your Bible open, you can, you'll see here the scriptures on the screen. You can turn to those or you can turn to your version app. Uh, it's a Bible app. You go under more and events. All of the notes are on there. This is going to be like a notes kind of morning, so you're going to want to take that. So before we go any further, let's pray, and uh, we'll get right into it. Father, we just uh, we thank you. God, we thank you that you're here with us this morning. God, you already shared such great truth through the words of these songs. Forever you are faithful. And God, I just pray that you would break our hearts this morning, that you would teach God, I just I, I thank you, Lord, that I could boldly stand up here and say, John 3.30, God, that I can decrease so that way you would increase in this place. And God, I just pray that right now that you would work in the lives of your people through the living word of God. Change us, transform us, mold us. And God, I just pray that we would leave here different than what we came in. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. All right. So the very first point we're going to get to is this. This is an important one. This is a core truth, a core belief. It says we are and always have been plan A. What does that mean? We're going to get into that. Let's turn to Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. It'll also be on the screen. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Here's what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose of his will, to the praise of the glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So this is such a beautiful, beautiful truth. This is a concrete truth for you. We need to get this. We are plan A children. Those who have called on the name of Jesus this morning, if you're a Christian this morning, I want to let you know that you are a plan A child. The scriptures in Ephesians 1, through, uh, 1 3 through 6 plainly tell us, uh, starting at 4, it says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He knows your name. And maybe you're in here and you've, this is all new, this God thing is new. I want to let you know that he knows you by name. He has chosen you to be here at this very moment before the foundation of the world. He has predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus according to his purpose and his will, 
We serve a sovereign God. We serve an intentional God. He had you in mind. He knows the very hairs on your head. We are plan A children. And so often in physical Christian adoption today, and, and, and just in regards to spiritual adoption, we, we, we kind of look at ourselves as plan B, or we look at adoption even as plan B, physical Christian adoption. We look at that as a, a plan B, like, you know, we, we tried everything and then, then we adopted. But, but God says here, before the foundation of the world, I chose you. And so last week, uh, Pastor Dale shared, if you weren't here, I'll recap, but he shared an intimate moment with us. He, sh- he shared with us his adoption process. And him and, and his wife, Leanne Brooks, they were, they were trying to have a baby, and, and, and they, 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 were, they couldn't have a baby, and they went through all of these different things, and then they were told there was this boy in Costa Rica, and, and they, they jumped on it. They, they knew that, the, that Will Brooks was going to be a part of their family, and, but from the outside, from the outside, He's telling us the story, and many of you maybe went home or maybe even this morning hearing that, that that kind of sounds like plan B, right? And so God says that's, that's not right, that you are plan A children, that before the foundation of the world, I chose Will Brooks to be a part of your family. And so this morning, I want to let you know, plan A children, that you are plan A. And that God had you in mind. You did somehow didn't slip his mind. And some of us, we bring all of this shame and all of this guilt. And we think, man, okay, maybe God, you know, God was the only one who could take me in. But God says, you're plan A. I want to wipe your sin clean. I want to change and transform your life. You've been plan A from the foundation of the world. I chose you for adoption according to my purpose and my will. We need to have confidence in that truth this morning, there's a quote that I uh, uh, earlier Ross actually mentioned. This pastor, Pastor um, John Piper, out of Bethlehem Church, he really describes this best in regards to in regards to this matter of being Plan A. And this kind of moved me this week. And there's there's a lot of great truth in this. So y'all buckle up. Here we go. This is I'm, and I quote John Piper here. It says, "Plan A was not lots of children who never sin and never need to be redeemed. Plan A was creation, fall." redemption, adoption, so that the full range of God's glory and mercy and grace could be known by his adopted children. And so we look at that, and there's a lot of truth. I, I, even theologians will look at that and, and, and begin to dissect that part by part. And, you know, I'm meeting with uh, uh, someone from our church this week to talk about that because I mentioned it to him, and it was like, right? There's a lot there. But Really, at the end of the day, what it shows is that we've been plan A. And for us to understand the importance of understanding that we are adopted by God and what God had to go through, that the full range of God's glory and mercy and grace could be known to his adopted children, we have to know that we are plan A. And so this morning, we're walking around as though we're plan B children. We're walking around as as though we're misfits. We're walking around as orphans and, and widows and slaves to fear. And so, which leads me to my next point that we are no longer slaves to fear. If you're a Christian in this room this morning, we are no longer slaves to fear. And maybe you're not a Christian, and, and, and this is all new, and you're in bondage. God wants to call you home into the family of God, so you will no longer be a slave to fear. And so there's a verse that I'm going to use here. It's, uh, it's Romans 8, 14, and 50. It, it, this is simple. And I, I want you all to go ahead and, and say it with me. Can you all do that? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So, so often, so often as Christians, 
we look at ourselves as though we're plan B, we're misfits, we're orphans without a loving father, we act as brides without a bridegroom, but Paul says, I've given you the Spirit of God, I've I, I led you by the Spirit of God to be sons of God, that you, are, you have the power in you to no longer be slaves to this fear, whatever, whatever you're enslaved to, whatever you're afraid of, and maybe you're a mom and you're scared of how your children are going to grow up, or maybe you're just you're scared of failing, or maybe, or maybe this is it, because I've seen this a lot, maybe you're the child of God that has brought in your past into your present relationship with Jesus. And you haven't, let, you haven't let God wipe you white as snow, wash you white as snow this morning. But God says you are no longer slaves to fear. But he says something really simple here that says, you know what? If you're a child of God, you need to hear my words. And here are my words for you this morning. Fear not. I want y'all to say it with me. Can you all three? One, two, three. Fear not. Imagine what it would look like if Christians all around the world would believe this truth. To fear not. To no longer be in bondage to the things that we used to be in bondage to. Or maybe you've, you've kind of had a setback in your life and you've kind of just let the lies of Satan in your life. Or maybe people are claiming that you are this person and you're really not. And so you're believing all that. And no longer are you acting and living as a child of God. But yet you're in bondage to fear. So when people see you, they see a Christian in fear. How big is your God really if you're living in fear? So Paul simply tells us, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. And so a lot of times if, if you're an adopting, uh, if you've adopted uh, here in this room, there's this term that a lot of adoption families have heard of, and, it, and, and it's, a, it's a really a response from a child who's been adopted. The term is called fight or flight. Okay, and it's really a response to a traumatic experience, a harmful event. At the end of the day, it's really a response and a reaction to fear that the that, that, uh, children who have been adopted, this is how they respond. And so when something comes up, they, they just begin to fight their parents because they, they, this is just their natural response to this traumatic experience or this fear, so they fight you on it. Or on the other end of the spectrum, they run to their room, they slam the door, and they hide in the corner. Because that's their response to this traumatic event, their, their response to the fear of their past and everything they went through. They can't trust you, so this is how they respond. Fight or flight. And a lot of the times, this is how we approach God, don't we? When we're living in fear, when we're living in bondage, we, we tend to fight God. We tend to blame God. And if we don't, we just run away from God. We shut the door, we get in the corner, and we're done. But Christians, he says, I didn't give you the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You're plan A children. We, we didn't receive the spirit as, as adopted sons and daughters of God, of the most high God, to fall back into this fear. And so I have just a, a, quick, little, a quick little slide for you here that I want you to write this down somewhere. That this is like a tweetable moment right here, okay? You want to put this down, because this is, if you're a child of God, or maybe you're not, and you want to come into a relationship with Jesus, this is it. This is, the, this is the glorious part. It says, don't believe what the devil and others say about you. This is important this morning. Don't believe what the devil and others say about you. Believe what Jesus says about you. And here's what he says. You are a beloved child of God. 
do we believe it? Core beliefs, the starting place of our faith. We're adopted sons and daughters of God. Are we believing Satan? Or are we believing what other people say about us? Or are we believing what the Messiah says, the Savior says about us? That we are beloved children of God. You see, that girl in that video that I showed in the very beginning, she got this. She understood this. She was not uh, in, in spiritual bondage to fear. She was on the offense of her spiritual life, not on the defense. She said, devil, I will slap you in the mouth. Imagine if we woke up and we said that, right? Imagine that we got on our knees and we say, God, we need you. God, I, I, I just fill me up with the armor of God. I'm a child of God. And, and if the devil comes at me, I'm going to slap him in the mouth. It seems really it's funny, but it's true. And so often we, are, we don't live that way. We, we, we live in fear as children of God. And so this morning, this is just a challenge. If you're a child of God or if you're living in fear and you don't know about this God stuff, you want to enter into a relationship, come on down when we're done and enter into the family of God. Don't be enslaved to fear this morning. And so this leads me to my last and final point, the marks of an adopted child. So let's read out of Galatians 4, 4 through 7, such a rich verse here. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Here it goes. Here's, it gets really good right here. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You see, there were legal realities that, that God had to deal with with us. We are stamped and approved contractually as sons and daughters of God. But here, he shows a different aspect of our adoption that from this point on, that from today on, if I'm an adopted child of God, that I can cry out to my Abba Father that it's not just a contract, but from now on I can have a relationship with Jesus. That I can have a relationship with a father through Jesus Christ. And so this is a beautiful truth. And so often we look at God and we look at our relation, our faith. And we look at it as a contract, as things we got to do. We got to do more. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm a believer now, so I, gotta, I got all of these steps. And, and then we forget to have a relationship with Jesus. And we miss the greatest point out of Galatians 4. God has sent the spirit of his sons into our hearts so we can talk with Jesus. So we can have a relationship with him. We can cry out, Abba, Father. And you see, Paul is, he, he is intentional when he wrote this scripture. Because this manuscript that we're reading this morning is actually a Greek manuscript. And that Greek was the common language of the day. But yet he threw in a word and he kept in a word there that was a Hebrew word. But he did it on purpose so we could understand that it's about a relationship. He put this word Abba in there. Abba means father. Also used the term, uh, as the term of tender endearment by a beloved child. It's an affectionate, dependent relationship with their father. It's daddy. It's papa. So what Paul is saying here is just as Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane cried out, Abba, Father, that we can now, as adopted sons and daughters of God, can cry out to the Father through Jesus, Abba, Father. It's a relationship. We got to love him. And pursue him. And out of that love for him, then we give and then we serve. This is the starting place of our faith. And that's why so often people leave the church 
because they got it backwards. We need to love Jesus. We have access to the Father through Jesus. But yet we keep trying to do more instead of crawling into the lap of our Savior. You see, adopted children, the marks of an adopted children, I, I, I was thinking about adoption, and I think I was talking to Ross Finkfish and Tracy this week, McCowan, and you know, adopted children, they don't conclude that they're adopted by constant, constantly asking their parents, hey, mom, dad, I need to see the contract. Hey, I'm I know I'm adopted, but I need to see the contract. You need to prove it to me. Let me see where you signed. They don't conclude that they're adopted by looking at a contract. Here's how they conclude that they're adopted. They run up to their mom and their dad every single day, and they say, Mom, Dad, and the response of that mom and that dad is, Yes, son. Yes, honey. I love you. That's how they respond. It's simple. But so often, we're looking for the contract instead of going into the lap of our Savior and crawling up and saying, Abba, Father, I need you. So I don't know what it is this morning. If you're a child of God, I don't know what's, it's, what's keeping you in bondage. I don't know what's enslaving you. I don't know what fears that you have, but God does. And God wants to change that this morning. If you're an adopted son and daughter of God, we ought to have confidence. We ought to know that we have access to the Father through Jesus anytime we want. That we can commune with him. That we can talk with him. That we can have a relationship with him. You see, there's a, if, if you stick around here long enough after service, you'll see a bunch of children just run around here, right? And like the majority are my children, okay? Um, but they run around here and they're just laughing and they're jumping on top of things. And, and you know, my son's trying to play the drums and you just see Dominic Mashburn, like he's looking for him, right? Because he knows who did it. But the best part about it is they know Dom is coming, but they know I'm on the other end of the room and I'm going to go, I'll fix it, right? They know it. There's a confidence as children of God. We ought to do the same thing that no matter what we go through in life, we know that the Father is right here with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That we can cry out to the Father, Abba, Father, through Jesus, anytime we want. But why do we only access him when things go bad? We ought to have a relationship. This is the marks of an adopted child. And so I'm just going to really wrap up. The band can come on up here. There's a picture here. These are, this is a picture of two orphans. And you see, these orphans, they, they're just, they got this confused look on their face. They have this fear this, that you could tell it's a lack of trust. It's a lack of knowing what's going to happen next. And, and it breaks my heart because they're just little children. They're, they, they, have, they have the look of just being abandoned. They have the look of not knowing who's going to love them if anyone loves them. It's fear. It's hurt. It's pain. And someone, there's a, many adopted families in our church, but this week I got to talk with Ross Finkfish and I've known Ross Finkfish and Jess Finkfish for over eight years now, and I got to see what God has done in their life, and it's been beautiful, and it's been glorious. It's been plan A, although so many times Ross and I would talk, and it would seem like plan B. But on June 6, 2014, that's right there on the, on the left-hand side, before they were adopted, their names were... Annalise Nicole Stevens and Wyatt Darian Stevens. They were orphans, abandoned children. They were slaves to fear. They didn't think anyone loved them. But on June 6, 2014, they inherited a new name. Annalise Nicole Finkfish and Wyatt Darian Finkfish. And everything that was Ross's and Jess's is now theirs. 
They were once abandoned, but now they're adopted sons and daughters of God. Now they don't have to walk around with their head down in fear if someone's going to love them because their mommy and daddy loves them. They care for them. They're there for them. The good and the bad and the ugly, they know that they can run to their daddy and to their mommy. And it's beautiful because what once was an abandoned child, children, I remember Annalise's face especially. She just didn't know. I just, it was a look of fear and look of just not knowing what was next. And this is a picture. These two pictures are just, they're recent. And the, their faces are just so much different. It's, it's just full of life. They, they have the face of someone who is loved. Someone who is cared for. And the father just embraces his daughter. And the father this morning wants to embrace you. He wants to call you into the family of God. He's waiting with open arms. There's going to be time. There's going to be people up here. I, Christians, we ought to respond. If you've been a Christian your whole life and it's just felt like a contract, this morning you can have a relationship too. Where's my daughter? Come on, baby. Come on on up. This is my daughter, Arabella May. And I love my girl. There's nothing that anyone in this room can do to separate my love from her. No matter what she does, does, no matter if she falls short, no matter what happens in life, she knows that I'll always love her. And if I can love her in this way, how deep and how wide and how big is the Father's love for us? If I can love in this capacity, how much more does your Father love you? So what are you waiting for? What's your identity crisis? You have a Father who's waiting with open arms, and He's going to hold you tight no matter what happens in your life. And He's waiting right here. If you want to come up to the front, if you want to talk to somebody in the lobby, we got to respond this morning. We have an identity crisis. But you have a Daddy who loves you. Abba. Father, we can cry out now. We're going to have a time of worship, and I want you to worship with us. But let's respond this morning. Don't leave here the same as you came in. If you're hiding, if you're enslaved to fear, I want to let you know something. There's no place that you can run or you can hide that God won't find you. I don't know where you're hiding. I don't know you're hurt, but God does. There's no place that you can run or that you can hide that God won't find you. Will you let Jesus change your life this morning? Enter into a relationship with him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we love you. Lord, I know that you have lavished your grace on me. Grace on top of grace on top of grace. God, that from the very foundation of the world, you had us in mind. You know the very hairs on my head. You knitted me in my mother's womb. And this morning, God, you're calling to all who are lost and weary and hungry and thirsty to enter into a relationship with you, Jesus. Father God, there's many in this room who've been Christians for a while and they haven't experienced 
the fullness of God in their life. They've been in bondage to fear. They try to do more and it doesn't work. This morning, will you enter into a relationship with Jesus? He's waiting for you up in this altar. He's waiting for you to get on your knees. Maybe it's you and your wife. Maybe it's you and your child. Why don't you come up to the front and just pray over your families? Jesus wants a relationship with you. That's, that's the starting place. That's the marks of an adopted child. It's a relationship with Jesus. Knowing that there's no place that you can hide or that you can run. That God won't find you. Will you respond this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Such great truth. Let's continue to worship. We're going to sing that again. But let's worship. Let's pray over all of these families who are saying, we want to we concrete our identity in you, Lord. We need change and transformation. We're not supposed to leave here the same. We're not. Let the word of God do a work in your heart and transform you and change you. Let's go ahead and sing that chorus again, Ross, Kathy. Sing it out with us. Come on. We're just going to stay in this. We're just going to worship. And uh, there's a lot going on. There's sign-ups for golf in the lobby. And there's a Get Real event coming up. Change, transformation. That's where that's, that's going to happen on April 30th. You're going to want to be there. Golfing, changing the lives of students forever. Partake in that. Sign up. Worship's not going to end. We're just going to keep going. And if you want to stay here and worship and get up in the front and talk with Jesus, do it. We're not going to stop. But God bless you guys. Let's pray. Father, just pray over all of these families. Change, transform them, concrete them in you, Lord Jesus. We're adopted sons and daughters of God. We should walk with our heads up high, knowing that we have a loving Father who will never leave and forsake us. Be with us as we go. Help us, change us, transform us, mold us, empower us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's continue to worship.